At Breaking the Glass Slipper, we believe it is important to have conversations about women and issues of intersectional feminism within science fiction, fantasy and horror. To continue to do so, we need your help. Please consider supporting us on Patreon. Join the conversation by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Breaking the Glass Slipper. I'm Megan Lee. I'm Lucy Hounsom. And I'm Charlotte Bond. Have you ever wandered into a bookstore and found yourself baffled by the shelving of some of the books? Have you ever read a review that labelled a book written for adults as YA, only to then bemoan the amount of adult content? And what do most of these erroneously shelved books have in common? Well, most of them are written by women. Over the years, women have slowly been making inroads into speculative fiction, what was traditionally a boys' club. But we haven't been given equal footing. Instead, we are told that we must be writing for young people, that our work couldn't possibly be serious. Now, at Breaking the Glass Slipper, we love YA. But YA and adult genre fiction are different, and it's important to recognise that difference especially when YA becomes a shorthand dismissal of women's writing. So we've previously had an episode on specifically on YA, you know, where we discussed at length the merits of YA and all its meanings. But just for the purposes of this conversation, we should have a short discussion of what YA is. You know, so how do we differentiate it from adult fiction? What makes YA YA? Well, I think first people think is the age of the protagonists. I mean, for me, that is not the biggest marker, but generally speaking, YA books do feature teenage or or young people um, in the central roles. I always think of YA as there's something about the attitude of the book, the, the feel of the book, rather than, you know, rather than and something like the age of the protagonist or the tense in which it's written or even the, the first or third person. I feel like, you know, that's, they're not great. And while, you know, there are quite a lot of YA books that are written in first person and have that really close monologue style, they're not, obviously there are plenty of adult books which which share the same narrative structures and a narrative style so I always feel like it's very much more about what the characters in the book are concerned with and I, I find that you know as someone who went from writing epic fantasy to historical fantasy where it was very much more a kind of closed narrative and set in one place um while I have also, both of my sets of books have been labelled as YA, um, I do feel that it is harder to describe my earlier series as YA because it is the, it's so wide ranging and the plot, uh, the external events have a lot more weight to them than the characters' internal, um, well, I suppose internal crises. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, characters in adult fiction, don't have internal crises. Of course they do. Uh, I just think that those uh, internal crises are given a much greater weight um, and they feature more prominently in young adult fiction than they do in adult. I think my answer to that question would depend on which hat I'm wearing. If I'm wearing my editor hat and I have had the opportunity to edit adult novels, YA novels and children's novels, There are certain elements that you would say very definitely 
these are YA. In some instances, it's sort of, you know, YA maybe down to middle grade. But age of protagonist is, in a weird way, it's absolutely key and yet also completely irrelevant. So pretty much all YA books, this is a sweeping generalization, which is why I say pretty much not all, most YA book, books will have a teenage protagonist, usually upper teenage protagonist, upper ages, because kids always like to read a little bit above them. It's cool to read what all the cool kids, kids, uh, cool kids at school are doing. But you can get plenty of books that have a teenage protagonist that are adult. There is, as Lucy said, there's sort of concerns and priorities, and then there's book themes. And I think it's more the theme of a book. It is what teenagers are interested in. It might be that adults are also interested in love triangles, in coming of age stories, in stuff like that. But teenagers are very, very definitely into that kind of stuff. And it's if you find a theme, that kind of theme with that kind of age of protagonist, if you've got a lower level of sort of sex, you know, you can have some sex in there, but not too much. And sort of a simple and straightforward structure, probably with a mostly happy ending, or at least a satisfying one, um, then that's going to be a solid YA novel. However, when I think about it, not as an editor, but as sort of a parent or someone who works with kids and, and you know, is often asked as a writer, what would you recommend reading? I take a much broader approach to that because I think there are a lot of books out there that are YA appropriate, which is very, very different to being YA. And I think this is where we've got this gray area. People think if it's appropriate to be read by young adults, then it should be in the young adult category. And I don't think that's right. I think there are plenty of adult books that people have said to me, well, look, my my kid's like 16 and, you know, has read all the YA stuff. What do you recommend that is perhaps a little bit older? You make a good point about being YA appropriate, because if you think back to high school, you know, the books that I read in high school were absolutely not something you would label as YA in the term that we know now. But, well, I mean, I suppose some people may argue, but, you know, I was in high school and reading Beloved. I was reading Shakespeare. I was reading Heart of Darkness, you know, all these sorts of books. And and it was part of the curriculum. So, there are certainly, you know, once you get to a certain age, there you can very much explore the full horizons. But the difference I see is being about who it was meant for. So a YA book is deliberately written with a young adult reader in mind. And that's not to say that adults can't read them. I love a good YA. They're like comfort reads for me. I find them, you know, they're easy and fun. And sometimes that's what I want you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I certainly don't think that they're lesser because of that. And that's, I mean, probably a point we'll discuss later, but you know, there's, there's a difference. And I think that, that there are a lot of, you know, so-called adult novels that are absolutely appropriate for, for younger readers. But I also wanted to pick up on something Lucy said right at the beginning, because there's this thing about the age of the protagonist and I know for me, I always feel like, okay, if it's actually classified as YA, then it's sort of a teenager. But at least this is what I seem to find, is that if it's a young woman, even in their 20s, it's still considered YA. But if it's a young man, older than, say, 16, it's not. And 
I don't get that. Like, and 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 what is you know what is the age range? What is the cutoff point? I, I'm not sure about that. There is no cutoff point. I think you're getting into nebulous territory, like new adult, the the genre classification that nobody understands and is completely useless um, because it deals with this very thing. There, where are the cutoff points? Where are they? The whole thing is again comes back to. YA appropriate and adult appropriate because the thing is, I, I mean, I understand why they created this subgenre called new adult because I suppose puberty is a really long span of years and you're very different at 13 to the person you are at 18. And, you know, and maybe, and our, and our literature should reflect that and, and what we want to read should reflect that. But I, I'd wonder how useful something like new adult really is when there is this area where, you know, adult books can be read by young people and, you know, maybe, and, and absolutely are read by young people uh, kind of all the way throughout puberty. So I feel like it's a bit redundant to say, you know, let's have this specific category specifically for older teens. I think, you know, it's a bit limiting. People read what they're drawn to read. So there you mentioned something. You called new adult a genre. And this is where I'm going to, like call this out a little bit because YA is considered sometimes talked about as a genre which it's not I argue it's it's a bookshop category it's a shelf for it's about the target reader the target audience who was it marketed at who was the writer intending it to be read by specifically for that market and and that's the difference and I think that a lot of the problems we see, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I find it far more common for fantasy books, again, specifically by women, but we'll get to that, but fantasy books with young female protagonists are much more likely to be called YA or simply they just become YA as like as a genre because that was what was super popular. You know, we've got Hunger Games and... Twilight and Divergent, all these sorts of books. I'm I'm obviously a huge Hunger Games fan, so no disrespect. But this just seems, yeah, it's like one of these common things when people talk about why as a genre, but really it's just, it's a target market. It's about an intended reader. And I think this has a lot to answer for, for women's writing and and these books that with these kinds of crossover aged young people being put into a certain category i'm not sure that it happens as much outside speculative fiction but specific like really particularly outside of fantasy writing really because if you i mean i'm thinking like sally rooney you know if if you look at something like normal people you know it starts when they're in high school and then it goes through their university years that's young adults. They're probably no more than 22 or something by the end of it. And, you know, and obviously, yes, then you get into themes and so on and so forth. But I'm just saying that it would never, ever have crossed anyone's mind to call that YA. But if you had basically exactly the same sort of <laughs> thing, maybe slightly less sex, but in, in a like, magical school, <laughs> exactly, in a magical school, they would absolutely call that YA. Yeah. <laughs> 
I do take your point. And I think that this neatly intersects with yet another really annoying bias, which is against the fantasy genre as, you know, as respectable, amazing literature. Like it, it's, I hate this uh, snobbery that still exists in the literary world that fantasy is for the masses, for entertainment purposes only. And as we all know, entertainment is base and it's not intellectual and we shouldn't be pursuing it or elevating it to any sort of height. A lot of this stuff intersects. Like clearly there's there's a sexist element, but there's definitely a snobbery element here as well. And I think that the minute someone says a magical school or, or even the M word, magic, even mythology, like, you have to be very careful because immediately people's guards go up and they go, oh, you, oh, that's for children. You write for children because there is this lingering opinion, attitude, that as soon as you say the F word, fantasy, it simply means you write for children. Okay, I am going to ask you both a question here. It's very clear from what you're saying that Both of you are very unhappy with fantasy and female writers being lumped into YA. But let's say that we have resolved that situation and everything is marketed appropriately and there's no, you know, people could say, oh, yeah, my book is this, my book is that, whatever. Do you think there is value in having a YA category at all? Because in my opinion, I find it incredibly valuable. As um, an editor, it's quite useful when people are writing children's stories to go, okay, well, this fits in this band, this fits in that band, whatever. Um, and I, as a mother who was looking for books for my kids to read, I find it incredibly useful to know that this is YA, but this is tween and this is middle grade and this is new adult because I'm not going to cotton wool my child, but at the same time, I don't really want her to be reading some of the stuff that is classed as new adult. So while I agree that there is a real issue about stuff being lumped into young adult or taken out of it and put in adult or whatever, that there's issues with actual categorization. I do think there is a huge amount of value in having YA as either a category or a genre all by itself. And I just wondered if you took about all the political issues we're talking about and all the sexism and and gender politics, do you think it is a good thing that we want to keep in our bookstores? Yeah, I I don't have a problem at all with YA as a bookshop category. And I think it's helpful to have indications of the target reader, just like we have, you know, um, for films, depending on where you are, you might have a universal or a G, a PG, an M, an R, whatever country you're in and whatever your system is. That is useful, you know, as you say, for parents, for, for even for kids to understand what might be okay, if they're afraid of certain things, maybe having like, uh, you know, this has excessive gore, maybe, you know, okay, I'm not going to read that just yet. And and that's absolutely valid and valuable completely. The problem is when it's used as a way to diminish people's work, that's the only thing that I have a problem with. <laughs> Why do you say diminish? Because a lot of the articles I was reading, they were saying people are saying that being lumped into YA feels like your work is being diminished. But YA on its own, if it's well written, can be excellent. And I think there's some people who are going, well, I'm happy for it to be YA. It's not, but, you know, okay. And some people who are going, well, hey, hang on, you know, mine's not YA. It's really well written. And I think there is a little bit of snobbery around that and sort of saying, well, if it's YA, it's it's much simpler. Totally. And 
I absolutely think that YA can be fantastically written. I mean, I, I've written some incredible YA, but the problem is that these books that are written for, intended for adult audiences that do get lumped into YA are pretty much only done so because they are written by women or feature a young female protagonist. And because of that, and I think what Lucy mentioned earlier about how there is that snobbery and kind of a, you know, a, a looking down on YA, which I totally disagree with. And I think that that's just as much BS as lumping books that shouldn't be lumped into as YA. But because this happens to women, to books featuring young women, even if they're over 20 or whatever the supposed non-existent random cutoff is, that's the problem. And because it's used that way, that is, it becomes diminishing because of that. If it was applied to, you know, if, if there were kind of like hard and fast rules, not that there ever would be for something as, as subjective as literature, but if there were, say, hey, anything with protagonists under the age of 23, I don't know, random number, um, that is YA, then fine. But the thing is, it's not. It's It really is a way to say, oh, women, you can have your place, but we're still going to, you know, but you're not really, you're still not on the same playing field as us. You're still not writing proper, proper fantasy or proper sci-fi. You're, you're, you're writing, you're still writing for kids though. And that's, that's why it's diminishing. I also do not have a problem with YA being a category in a bookshop. I think it's very valuable. I wish there had been a YA category when I was a teenager, so I didn't have to read those really problematic, giant man fantasy tropes full of really horrible sex that happens to unwilling women. Um, so, you know, that I might have had a little bit more protection from that, and that would have been welcome. And while I don't have a problem with that, as an author who has personally had her books described as YA, um, and without any encouragement, I've none of my books have ever been marketed that way. And I think this is this is also possibly where the where the damage comes in because marketing budgets are very small for most authors, and so the audience that the publisher picks for a book I mean it has to be it's it's quite you have to be quite careful there are very few marketing campaigns that target a universal audience so you know with my first book which had a woman on the cover um which was adult fantasy I am I was a young woman when I wrote it and it featured a young woman protagonist and it had a young woman on the cover um this was never marketed to the young adult population if it had been perhaps my sales would have been better but because it wasn't because I said it wasn't because my editor knew it wasn't we never targeted that bracket and I think the book suffered a lot because of that I'm not saying I wanted them to target it at all no but these things also you know the, the way that the publishing industry is structured these things also play into you know, authors complaining about how their books are seen, because this actually directly affects sales, not just how an author is seen by literary critics, for example, but it, it really does affect how 
you know, how well your book sells and what sort of contracts that you can, you know, expect to receive in the future. And I wanted to come back to something that Megan said earlier about how you felt that YA was really good and useful way to target readers. But what you said even before that was, it can be YA if that's who the author meant it was to be read by. And that's a really interesting question for me personally, because again, having edited and had people come to me and go, oh, this is YA. And I'm like, wow, it's really not because you've got 14 year olds in it. And that's, you know, right down the bottom of YA and they are still doing things that children do, like they're running around and playing conkers and things. And I'm like, that's not what 14 year olds do. Here are the themes you need to have, whatever. But I also, as well as thinking about what the author meant, I know a lot of the stuff that we've been reading about says that quite often you can get a book that is clearly adult and has been marketed by the publisher as adult, has been written by the author as adult, and someone in Goodreads or a librarian or booksellers have put it into the YA section, which I think is really interesting. So who do we think should really be choosing whether something is YA or not because there was that whole thing about um the Sarah J Maas and was it Akatar it's called you know the, the court of thorns and rose and how that was deliberately marketed by the publisher as YA and it's had a huge pushback but you know if I've we're coming across authors who get it right get it wrong and we're coming across publishers who get it wrong and we're coming across people on Goodreads and librarians and booksellers who get it wrong who is the ultimate person who decides what YA is and isn't I mean, it's a good question. I think, you know, there should be gatekeepers in a sense, but but maybe they just need something like what they have for films and television, you know, that it goes through panels and then they say, you know, they give warnings about certain content and, and suggested ages and maturity levels and then that's that's enough and then people can go from there and they can, you know, people can make educated choices. I I would have hoped that publishers could make a decision, you know, that that an editor can see an author's work and then go, okay, well, this isn't quite right for that audience that you were thinking. Let's make it work for this different audience or so on. And that a publisher would make a good call. Obviously, that doesn't always happen. You would kind of hope that publishers as a gatekeeper would maybe take a better responsibility. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like radical suggestion, but, you know, authors kind of know their books best. I mean, I'm not saying like we know our first drafts best, but we certainly know the finished product best that we've worked on with an editor. And you can always, if you're unsure, just ask the author, um, because I, I make it personally very clear that my work is not young adult. However, it's got crossover appeal. It's a bit of a like a, a nasty word, isn't it? Crossover, because the minute you say it, I feel like it gives people license to then go, okay, well, well, you know, we'll just include it in our YA stack. And the more that spreads, it just fuels the belief that a certain book, you know, is is written for an intended audience when actually, you know, kind of it wasn't. But what I wanted to pick up on is when we were we we put a tweet out today um to ask our followers what they thought of um this women being shelved in YA thing and uh, we had a a male author who responded and said that he writes YA and if he had been publishing under a female pen name this is a this is a story we often see the other side of um he thinks his books would have sold better um, and I thought that was really interesting to throw into the mix. What do you think of that? Like, do we, you know, does this work in reverse? 
I don't know. There are there are plenty of male writers writing YA who do just fine. Although interestingly, I like to think of well to bring up a couple of examples in that. So the the first Mistborn trilogy from Brandon Sanderson. I don't know. To me, that is YA. It was marketed as epic fantasy, adult epic fantasy. But, you know, the main character, Vin, is, you know, she's a young teenage girl in the first book. And then, you know, it's a kind of a, a coming of age thing um, throughout this, the trilogy. And while, yes, okay, we've got big world changing events, but, you know, she goes to balls and, and has crushes on boys and, and wants to meet them. And I think that it could easily be a YA novel and similarly even um Patrick Rothfuss Coif is is again a young guy and he's there in the school and I don't know if it had been written by a woman I think it would absolutely have been put into YA apart from the sex elf well yeah okay maybe not that bit but But in terms of like the general story structure and and the protagonists and you know there there are lots of things in these books and maybe the women just need to do the same thing and then just put like something really horny in it and then <laughs> maybe we'll get away with it it gets suddenly shelved as adult literature I don't know but then Sergey Mars didn't so who knows um, but I guess my point is that although plenty of men do publish YA and do very well with YA. What is it like Red Rising and um, James Frey did that? Uh, there, there are lots of authors. These are big names, though. I think there's probably a lot that we haven't heard of who maybe aren't doing so well. Possibly, but it's not like every woman who publishes a YA book does well. So <laughs> we also can't say that. But I think it's just interesting, more so that there are. It doesn't tend to happen in the you know the sense of men writing adult fiction but with younger protagonists or anything they don't then just get lumped into YA it's only tends to be a problem for for female writers I am reminded of a post that uh, the author Shannon Hale put on Tumblr a while back I've got it up in front of me Um, and it's about school visits as a female writer and you guys may have read this our listeners may have read it But she's been into schools and she writes the Princess Academy books and she gets to speak to the the classes, but because she's a female author, they tend to bring all the the girls in and she writes about other people's experiences um, and how other authors have said that um, they've gone in to visit and their, their audience has been segregated depending on whether you know, they've written a book that is specifically for women, sorry, for boys or for girls. And that, you know, boys have been told, oh, you can't come. Or it's been a book about princesses. I think there was one where she said, um, kids, we, the teacher came up and said, kids, we've got this author. She's written this book about princesses. So something wonderful for the girls and the boys, I want you to sit there and behave. And automatically, even at this really young level, you are getting this idea that there are things that boys can read and things that girls can read. And I wonder if because a lot of YA is about emotions and it's about, um, 
you know, relationships and things, that boys are not encouraged to read those kind of books in the same way they are not encouraged to read those kind of princess books when they're younger. They're, you know, they're encouraged to read Beast Quest and um, uh, what is it, the young James Bond things and all that kind of thing. And they are already, even before they get to YA, being funneled into it. Um, so... Toxic you know, masculinity strikes again. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, maybe the problem isn't with YA. Maybe it's even earlier. Um, so, you know, I would say that it, it is possible that, you know, female writers writing about women are being sort of bumped down into to YA, even if it's not appropriate, because there's this whole idea of what, what teenage girls and teenage boys can and can't read. I don't know. I mean, I don't know many YA books that are aimed specifically at boys as well. I know they're... I'm showing my um, my lack of knowledge here, but I do remember that there has been for a while an issue in trying to get boys to read. Girls are usually quite good at reading, but it's a bit more difficult to get boys to read. Well, certainly that always used to be the case. I'm sure if you've got any listeners who can tell me differently, that'd be great. But maybe that's part of it, that by the time you get to teenagers, your, te- your YA audience is mostly girls. And again, we've got this idea of teachers being gatekeepers. And in schools where kids are supposed to be learning to read are saying that kind of book is for girls, that kind of book is for boys, this kind of book is for teenagers, that kind of book isn't, whether there's something in that. I, I'm not well-versed enough, but I would say something like Maze Runner was definitely aimed at at teenage boys, I would think. Um, I, I think there are certainly enough out there that are, but I would say perhaps more on the sci-fi end than the fantasy end. Well, there's also the fact that you went, ooh, possibly Maze Runner and that was it whereas I bet if I asked you to name YA books that were for women we could probably come up with a decent amount maybe maybe not this time of night but you know you still have to think hard about which ones are definitely marketed at boys and my friends who are booksellers say that you know they get kids coming in they even get adults coming in going oh no I you know if there's bloke I don't read books by women so you know there's gender bias wherever you look unfortunately Speaking of gender bias, another point that was raised um, from our Twitter thread was the, the, the infantilization of women as, you know, just in the wider arena of life in general. Uh, and the idea also these damaging stereotypes that still pervade society, that women are, are supposed to be behind the kitchen sink, they're supposed to be at home raising children they are they have they have a natural affinity with children uh, and this sort of stuff perhaps feeds into a kind of more general assumption that when women write there is they write for children or they or there is something in their work that is particularly targeted towards you know a developing human being nurturing the human being so i just wonder if that wider stereotype is playing a role on some subconscious level as well very possibly but there might also be an issue about romance because a decent amount of teenage stuff is romance or at least has romantic relationships in it and how many male romance writers are there um not that many it is seen very much as a realm for women although i don't know how many of course how many of the female names you see are actually male writers who are having a great time but i wonder if like lucy says it's a case of well ya is about relationships um and it's also about you know girls and children and things like that so it must be the remit of women because they fall into both those categories but i'd say that that also goes back to what you were saying before charlotte because 
romance, yes, it's often in YA novels. And it it's again one of these things that teenage boys are like, oh, we don't we don't read about romance. Ugh, that's girly stuff. Ugh. Meanwhile, of course, they're chasing after girls and their hormones are going absolutely crazy as well. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. At some point, if we just told boys that they could absolutely read what they want to read, then that audience would be there and they may well be clamoring for it because, I mean, okay, obviously I'm a woman, a cisgendered woman. I don't know what it's like to be a teenage boy, but I certainly know what my hormones were doing as a teenager and I wanted to read about like sauciness and sexy people and oh, these people that I could fantasize about. And, you know, it's it, it's part of being a teenager. So I absolutely think that that could and probably does appeal to teenage boys, but there's a, a stigma that they just kind of push against and it's like well that's that's girly so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there now as a very general way to um round off this episode because it feels like we could discuss ya for ages what it is what it isn't what it should be what were you guys reading when you were classed as young adults um because my experience is that i did kind of go from kids to adult stuff. So, you know, I read The Hobbit as a kid and I read The Lord of the Rings as a teenager. Um, and I was quite lucky that I lived at a time when you had the point horror, which was kind of a nice way of bridging the gap from the not so scary children's stuff to stuff like Stephen King. Um, so I was really grateful to have that kind of level of YA and horror, but it feels to me that there wasn't a lot going on in the other, in the other side of it, sort of with science fiction and fantasy. So what were you reading? Were there any books that you particularly remember influencing you from from young adulthood? And if you looked at the categorization today, would they be young adult or would they be still within the adult category? What do you think? I definitely read quite a bit of what I think is still still would be considered YA. Although I I don't know enough in the sense that Basically, my mother was very good at picking up books that were Newbery Medal winners, which was a, a children's book award. But the books that tended to win it, and I felt were a bit older. I mean, you have something like The Giver, which I loved. And that's, I don't know, maybe it's middle grade, but early part of young adult. Um, I loved that one. But also she found uh, The Hero and the Crown, which was a, a silver Newbery Medal award winner by Robin McKinley. And honestly, it's still one of my all-time favorite books. And I, I was really lucky to have found that. But I think it's interesting because I think at the time they did class it as children's fiction. And now I think it would absolutely be considered YA. It is a teenage girl, it's got boys and things and dragons and I don't know, it's just amazing and I think everyone should read it, whether you're a teenager, an adult, just everyone should read it because it's bloody brilliant. I read Robin McKinley as an adult, which I find very sad because I would have loved she would have been perfect for me um, when I was devouring fantasy at a rate of, you know, like 10 books a week or something ridiculous. Um, 
And it would have been, I feel like it would have been a safer read for me, not just on the sense of content, but, you know, like just, uh, I was just reading a lot of male authored fantasy, very long books, you know, 800 pages. And looking back on it, I feel that you don't really know quite how these things affect you uh, until you start talking about issues like, you know, that we've done on this podcast later. So I, I do feel a keen lack of YA appropriate content and also books written by women. I think um, the books that are definitely still YA, which I did read, are Tamara Pierce, like the goddess herself. Um, just wonderful, like wonderful, very like Robin McKinley, actually, um, in kind of terms of content. Um, and a book that I read, it's a duology that I read really recently as an adult, or well, about five or six years ago now, um, is Incarceron and Safiq by Catherine Fisher. And I wish I'd come across those books as, you know, maybe a 14 or 15 year old, um, because I was like, branching out at that point like desperate to find something that wasn't I needed I needed a bit of romance I needed a bit of just something a little bit older that introduced wider ideas about the world and um and I think that's what YA does brilliantly that you know it's it's at a level that it provides you with everything you need at that point in time because you know there are some adult books out there that you know they they give you too much you just don't need that stuff and it's a bit like what Megan was saying about you know wanting a book for your age group and wanting it you know feeling possessive of that because I think that you know they play a, a hugely important role uh, you know in the development of a teenager. I will say this though maybe the one good thing about having all these female writers being put into YA or at least having books written by women available to young readers is that maybe they will grow into adult readers of all genres and be far more accepting and eager to read books written by women. That's the one thing I will say about all this is hopefully at least they won't have the same problem that you know many of us had where most of the books we were reading were by men. Yeah. Totally. I completely agree. I think that was, that would be, that's a much brighter, a much brighter note for the future. <laughs> I think you're completely right. And um, I also feel like the six years that I spent on this podcast and just moving through the publishing industry in general and meeting an amazing array of people from different walks of life with different life experiences has shown me just how limited um, my reading was as an impressionable young person. Um, so I can totally get behind that sentiment. Breaking the Glass Slipper is written and produced by Megan Lee, Charlotte Bond and Lucy Hounsom. Please help us spread the word. Subscribe and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you would like to hear on the next episode of Breaking the Glass Slipper.